Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Courtney Rowe. Director of Content Strategy at Acquia, which is a digital experience platform for enterprise brands. And we're going to have a really cool conversation today about the ins and outs of doing a content audit. So, Courtney, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Happy to be here. Let's just dive right into it. I'm going to start with the real basics. What is a content audit? Basically, it's just reviewing all of the content on your website. You know, it can be really daunting out of the gate, just if you've got a ton of content. So often when you're getting started, you'll probably just focus on one section. And that's really where we started back in 2020 was just on the blog, because we were very focused on inbound marketing, inbound content marketing specifically. And so that was where we knew we could see a lot of organic wins for non-branded terms. And so it made it a little bit easier to just focus on the blog, even though that blog was still 1,600 articles. So it's not a small task by any means. When you say focus on the blog, what does that mean? When you're doing an audit, what are you looking for exactly? Basically, you're just trying to take an understanding of really what you have out there. What content do you have out there? What, what's the purpose of the content that you have out there? How old is it? Is it still in line with your business strategy and your business objectives? Does it still even support the products that you create? And then... It can include your entire website, so it's not just limited to your blog, but sometimes when you include all your core pages and landing pages and any other content that you've got out there, it, it does tend to blow up your scope quite a bit. To keep it just kind of in check, I would recommend like maybe honing in on and what you really want to focus on and what you think that you can make the biggest impact on. And so that's why we specifically started with the blog and have moved to our core pages too. But yeah, it's sometimes easier just to take a look at that. Okay. What about social channels? Does, or is that included in the audit? We didn't necessarily include that in our audit. We have gone through that as part of like a brand overview to understand like what we've got out there from a branding perspective, because we did go through a brand refresh back in I think like 2020, 2021, and then have since done that as we merged with Acquia because I was part of a company called Widen before that. We've gone through our social channels to kind of just take a look at like what our tone and voice is and how we're speaking to the audience and what we're speaking about. So as we evolved what our content was and really honed in on what we wanted our content to be, we would look at the different channels to say, okay, this is in line with where we are now, where we want to go. I think social is sometimes to a, a point in time, minus like YouTube, you can take stuff off of YouTube, although you can't continue to grow your SEO with YouTube if you because you can't just update it. So we would look to do certain things like that where we would bring new stuff to different channels that were in line with the content strategy that we had at that point. You mentioned just before a few minutes ago, doing this can be kind of a big lift. So why is a content audit worth doing? And this is a two-part question. And also, how much educating have you had to do as the marketing leader to kind of get people to buy into like, yeah, we, we should spend the resources to do this? I think a content audit is worth doing because you can start to gain organic traction. And for me, being able to win you know, traffic and leads and all of that for free almost um, without having to pay for it for paid search or paid marketing. I mean, that's that's my big goal, honestly, is so that we can try to do as much as we can organically. I'm a big proponent of doing more with less. And so I feel like if you've got a content audit and you're, and you're in tune with what's in your content archives and your um, content arsenal, I guess, then you can really go out there with what you like more targeted information and resources 
that are really in line with what you want and where you want your company to be, as opposed to just kind of having everything under the sun. It makes it a little bit more difficult for people to understand why they're coming to your site or why they're coming to you and, and what they want from you. So for me, having a content audit and making sure that we've got the best of the best content out there focused on what we want it to be focused on allows us to keep those resources fresh and current as opposed to just layering on more stuff that isn't readily necessarily resonating with our audience. And so if we're constantly reviewing what the content is that we've got out there, we're able to make updates more regularly. We're able to make better use of our teams, honestly, because we're not constantly creating new things. We're often creating or updating content. We're not reinventing the wheel each time. When you're in B2B, you're not, you're not creating new things all of the time. Like we specifically work with digital asset management. We've got digital experience platforms. We've got a lot of different, different types of marketing software. And a lot of the concepts are still the same. So why would you throw all of that out when you could just make it more relevant, make it more fresh? And what I think is if you've got more focused content, then you can actually start to do more with it. You can start to build out infographics with it. You could start to build out different video series. Because if you're not just constantly writing blog articles, then you've got more time and, and you can do more meaningful work with it. So that's really where I feel like a content audit kind of gets you to that point where you've got that meaningful source of content to pull from, and then you can do different, more exciting things with it. And so if I'm hearing you right, then the content going through that process, that's what enables you to focus in on those pieces of content that are the most valuable that you want to spend more time with to, as you said, build out other pieces of content, at least potentially. Yeah, that's how I think of it. And it also just, I think it makes your content strategy a little bit more feasible and scalable because just doing more and, and creating more all the time isn't scalable. It's just not like it's not a sustainable practice because, I mean, I've, I've worked with the teams and they're, at some point you're kind of burnt out. So I think when, you, when you're able to do really meaningful work and you're able to do things that are a little bit more exciting and a little bit more revolutionary and creative, I think that gives people a little bit of a spark to, be, to enjoy their job and to, to do things that they really care about instead of just being asked to create another piece of content. Okay. So as, as opposed to just churning out more and more and more. It sounds like it's kind of, okay, let's let's pump the brakes for a second, take a step back, get the lay of the land, and then double down what's really working. Yeah, and that's just it. Like, it is that stuff that's really working because we have quite a bit of organic traffic that comes in, and 80% of our organic traffic comes from our blog. And so that's huge. And we went from 1,600 articles back in 2020, and now we've got 188. So 188 articles are doing more organic traffic than those 1,600 articles we're doing. So I'm not maintaining 1,600 articles anymore, which is amazing. It's like weeding out your content and clearing the ground to, to let the best content thrive. Yes. And the, and the content that your audience is telling you that they want to read, that they want to, they want to search for, they're looking for you. And also, I think that the big thing with that is that you can have, we, we specifically wanted to get a lot of non-branded traffic. So we've done a great job with brand marketing and people kind of knew who we were as a company, but we wanted to get in front of people who didn't necessarily know us as a company, but knew that they needed our products. And so that's where I feel like doing a content audit, you can start to uh, review your content and see what like keywords you're going after, what you're looking for, and can then look at what Google is providing for those keywords. And then you can start to target your content toward what Google is actually bringing up for what people are searching when they're just looking for digital asset management or digital experience platform. So it allows you to really curate your content based on what Google is already telling you people want to, to read. 
Now, the second part of the question was, how much sort of internal education or convincing did you have to do to actually get the audit going? As I kind of mentioned, so Wyden, I worked, I worked for Wyden, and then Wyden was acquired by Acquia back in September of 2021, so just about a year ago. And when I first started doing the content audit for Wyden, that was in March 2020. And we'd always been kind of an inbound content marketing company, so it wasn't that hard to to show like, this is what we want to do. This is why we want to do it. And then also the pandemic happened. It became my lockdown project. So that was really what I focused on. When we were acquired by Acquia, they were like, your content's great. You're doing really well. We showed them all the different numbers. And they're like, we want to learn from you. We want to do this. So I actually did spend quite a bit of time. There were quite a few slide decks that I put together just to show like, this is what we've done. This is why we did it. And I do think that it took a while for people to understand how much time really goes into it and how much effort goes into it. And so there was there was quite a bit of selling, pitching, if you will, to have leadership really understand this is important and this is, we can't just continue to buy paid search or, you know, buy leads and, and do things like that because it's it's not sustainable for the long term. And so they really liked our, our methodology and it was just a matter of showing them what we did and how we did it and then kind of giving them an understanding of how long it was going to take and, and what was going to go into it. So it is a different concept when you when you think about it, because I think it's definitely more traditional marketing than it's been in the past. But I still think it's kind of a newer concept, the whole content marketing and just like really being embraced at different companies because it seems so logical that more content would be just better. But that's not always the case. It's very easy to keep just pumping out content, you know, and then assuming, well, this is, we just need more and more and more. But yeah, it's, it's so the, so the concept of doing an audit and maybe even reducing the amount of content could be a little counterintuitive, but I think you're making a pretty persuasive argument that it might be counterintuitive, but it's worth doing. Yeah, we, I mean, we definitely found that it was worth doing. And I think that we've got some really great content out there now and, and I can spend a lot more time updating and, and really focusing and making sure that it's what our audience wants instead of just starting from scratch every single time. What kind of team do you need internally to do the audit? I think it's not even just internally. One of the, the resources that we tapped is an amazing technical SEO consultant externally, and he really became an extension of our team. I speak to him daily, honestly, <laughs> and, and he's just somebody who's really part of the team and he, he'll pull the reports, he pulls the audits for us, and we work through all of the different understandings of like how much search volume does this get and really during the first audit he took the first pass at everything and was like okay what is absolutely not performing and not providing any search value value whatsoever and that was a really easy way to just kind of lop off almost half of those 1600 articles and then from there it became a little bit more of me understanding it with like institutional knowledge so do these provide any historical value is it part of our business objectives does it meet what our where our products at now and so that became a little bit more time consuming. But having him take that first pass at things and, and knowing what is actually providing value for search was really incredibly useful. And then as we were going through everything, he started doing the reviews of the content and comparing it to what Google was pulling back. So then he'd create content briefs and we could write based on the content briefs, um, which went after targeted keywords, updated meta descriptions, targeted title tags and and blog posts so that it was really what Google was looking for and what searchers were looking for. So I would really highly recommend getting somebody who's skilled in technical SEO and has that that knowledge and those capabilities and the ability to tap into those different software programs too to pull everything so that you're not necessarily investing in that in your company because that can get 
kind of pricey, but somebody who does that on a daily basis, I think is really helpful. If you have somebody internally who's doing technical SEO and, and can dedicate all of their time to that, amazing. Definitely tap them. But I think there are some great external agencies who can do that help too. And then internally, I really feel like you need somebody who's going to keep moving things forward because it's really easy to just fall off people's radars. And so I think that was really where me as a content strategist came in. I just kind of kept things going. And it was a lot of like setting up meetings, making sure that everything was going, making sure that I looked through all of the content briefs as they came in and knew that they aligned with what our current business strategy was. And I think just having that continually going out is, is really helpful. And then obviously writers. We've kind of done it with a mix of contract writers and then internal writers. I think for a lot of new stuff, we found net new articles were easier to, to source out for contract or freelance writers. But anything internal that was being updated really did have to come from internal teams because they were the ones who have that institutional knowledge. So I do think it's kind of a mix of internal and external. So yeah, I, I would say that just kind of take a look at what you have, but a technical SEO person, a content strategist and writers are very useful for this process. And so what's your advice for marketing teams that'll, that are uh, embarking on an audit for the first time? I'd say get your leadership on board with it. I think making sure that everybody from the top down understands what you're doing and why is a really big thing just because you're going to have the support. It does take a lot of time. It does take a lot of effort. And if they can help you kind of clear your plate to be able to work on this really meaningful project, I think that, that that's worth its weight in gold. And I would also say kind of have realistic expectations for timelines too, uh, especially if this is the first time that you've done it. It is probably going to take a while. The first time that we ran the content audit, we ran the first one in March 2020 and then the second one in October 2021 and then didn't run another one for a year. But it took us a good year to to go through everything, to start making updates and to get to that point where we were ready to run that second one. Now we're at a point where we run one once a year. It takes me a week to go through it, just kind of a couple hours each day. And then I can tell you what we need to update. And that really sets our strategy for the rest of the year. And it, it's great because then I can like flow things in and out, like flow in new content and then make sure that we've got continual updates. But that first one, you really do have to set aside time for it and understand what your your marketing objectives are. If if inbound content marketing is what you're really focused on and you wanna you wanna win new non-branded keywords, then then that's something that you should take into consideration as to what your objectives are with your content audit. We have an internal kind of North Star, which is be helpful over hypeful. We wanna be truthful, we wanna help people make the right decisions, even if that's not our software. We want to make them help them understand what each of these types of software do and, and why they can help them and how they can help them. And so, yeah, it's definitely it's, it should be helpful. Mm -hmm. OK, great advice. And I think you made a really cool and interesting point that once you've done the first one or like the big one, if you haven't done one in a while, the next time you do, it's going to be a lot easier. Unless you wait way too long, right? But that it's not like every time you do it, it's this big giant thing that's going to take years. You do the big one and then the next time it might just take a day or so. And I really do feel like it, it sets me up to know, okay, I've got this to update every year and I've got this amount of articles that need to be updated 
And then I can also look at different things because some of the articles are are timely. Like we've got things that are like vestigial asset management system for 2022. I know that that needs to be updated every year. So you can start to set out your content plan for the rest of the year with that as your foundation and then flow in any new content or any new ideas that you might have. Or if you want to take an article that's performing really well and build out an entire campaign around it, you can start to do something like that because you've got this clear view of what you have available to you what's resonating with your audience, then you can start to be creative and look for what else you could do with it. Well, Courtney, thank you very much for uh, being on the show, sharing all of this. Really helpful, really interesting. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.